I've been uh, following Cold Weather Company for a few years now, and it's just, I have to say, it's just a shame to see them sell out like this. You know, for for years, their music has just struck a chord right deep in my heart, and when they come out with a song like this that's clearly just written for commercials and sponsors and piling up stacks of money it just it it hurts you know you just hate to see real bands sell out like that it's it's you know it's 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 tough anyway this is the vanilla unicorn you're listening to the sffl podcast Welcome back, everybody, to another episode. Thanks for tuning in. Going to start off with some SFFL news. It's the calm before the shitstorm. This is it. The draft is this weekend. We could not be closer to the start of the SFFL season. Everybody is done keeping keepers. Draft picks have been traded. Most of the preseason is behind us. We're just all sitting in our bathtubs waiting for the storm to begin all right and uh couldn't be more excited wanted to just be a little helpful here and um refresh refresh everyone on the weekend's activities so friday early afternoon jark girl alex jamo and i will be driving up to joe's house from boston uh we're going to get there to participate in joe's world famous slip and slide friday night um meanwhile the galley van will be driving up the uh, New York Turnpike and um, carrying the commissioner, the commissionette, Drew, his wife, and our entertainment for the weekend, Jeff Potassia. Um, and then also Friday night, Jill, who's often forgot about in the plans, but Jill will be Ubering from Colorado and um, will hopefully be trying to make it before we all uh, black out Friday night. Uh, Big day on Saturday. Bright and early Saturday morning, the Cheerio wagon will be departing Bumblefuck, New Jersey, um, carrying Cheerio and his wife and everybody's favorite engaged couple, Nick and Sam. They'll be getting here hopefully early enough Saturday that they can partake in um, some fun activities that Joe has on the itinerary, such as breweries, distilleries, cideries, cheese factories, and... uh, trying to figure out how to feed 16 people and then at some point uh we'll be checking into the duplex and um we're gonna find out once and for all who our neighbors are gonna be fingers crossed draft is obviously saturday night we'll see if coley forgets again and um after the draft is finally over at 6 a.m we'll all uh fight to the death over who is the best team Sunday, we may or may not wake up. Those with the vo- with wives in attendance will um, probably be in the doghouse for leaving them alone with Jeff and Galley for 10 hours. And then we'll do uh, some hiking and uh, go chasing uh, some waterfalls. And then um, Monday, we'll all go back and uh, go back to our regular lives and act like nothing ever happened. Next up is the NFL news. News around the league here. Um, Obviously, biggest news of the week, uh, as everyone should be aware of by now unless you're under a rock, is uh, Andrew Luck retiring on Saturday. Now, 
I don't even know where to begin with this. The guy's 29, prime of his career, has shown signs of being one of the best quarterbacks in the league. And, you know, what I've heard is that he recently got married. And, you know, people are blaming it on the injuries and everything. But this is this is a little fishy to me. Here's my conspiracy right here. I think his wife has been in his ear since day one saying, you know, Andy, uh, you know, I don't, I, I really think you should be spending more time with me than, uh, than the football. And, um, you know, if you really loved me, you'd leave it. And, uh, you know, all, all your typical, you know, yeah, 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 in, in your ear. And, uh, that's, that's being slept on a little bit, that part of the story, in my opinion. So just wanted to throw that out there because I know, you know, the listeners of this podcast, they don't want bullshit. They want the truth. And, and that's, that's what I'm here to give you. So moving on, um, this news was a little overshadowed this past weekend with the Andrew Luck stuff, but, uh, Lamar Miller tore his ACL and is out for the season. Houston's backfield is up for grabs. Maybe a trade coming. Who knows? Uh, this, one, this is an interesting one. This came out uh, Wednesday. So USA women's soccer star Carly Lloyd said she has an actual offer from an NFL team to kick in their last preseason game Thursday night um, and that she's seriously considering the offer. Apparently, after the Eagles-Ravens game last week, she uh, she kicked a 55-yard field goal and um, impressed some people. And, you know... I think uh, I think Goodell might be trying to get a chick in the league. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Um, there are rumors circulating that Miami is interested in trading away Kenyon Drake and Kenny Stills to Houston for Jadeveon Clowney. Could shake up the fantasy world a little bit. And um, we're now only one week f- away from week one, and both Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott are still holdouts no contracts haven't reported to camp and uh you know it's really coming down to crunch time here it'll be really interesting to see on saturday night at the draft when everyone's got a few claws in them uh you know where these guys start falling you know ooh, i it, it could this is going to be a make or break decision for for a few teams the, the teams that pass on them potentially and the teams that uh pick them up also potentially could make or break the season for him and that's it with your nfl news we are going to move on to uh two very special guest interviews today all right two of my uh eh, not really favorite league members but they're all right but first i'd like to introduce a new segment to the program called sffl anonymous basically the way it works here is um Anyone can leave a message to the program about uh, pretty much anything they want to talk about, and I'll just go ahead and choose the best one of the week. So here's the first one. Hi, yeah, this is uh, this is uh, this is Jeff. Um, I just want to call in and you know talk about some of the drafts. Like I've been watching what you guys are doing. And- you know, I don't think Cheerio should be taking Dante Culpecker, uh in this in this matter. You know, um, I just feel like you know Kurt Warner's just been having a better season. Like you might want to go for him over him. You know, 
Steve McNair, I mean, dead as fuck, but he still knows how to throw the football. You know, you got to throw the football 50 yards or more in order for, you know, to qualify for the, um, you know, for me to, uh, fuck it. I don't know. I just like Isaac Bruce. I like Marshall Falk. I really do like Curtis Martin, you know, him and uh, Wayne Corbett, they're a great team, you know, like Falk running the plays and Corbett out there catching the ball from Testaverde and, you know, Santana Moss is out there too. And it's just, it's just going to be a good football match. And I'm just really excited for this football draft. And, um, hi, it's, uh, it's me again. I just want to say that, uh, you know, some of the tactics I've been looking into and I, I really think we just got to throw the football a little more, you know, We've been running it and be getting a lot of yards, but we've also been, you know, getting a lot of inches too, you know, and yards are better than inches, and Cheerio's girlfriend's gonna fucking dump him after he meets all of us and fuck. We're gonna kick off the guest interviews with the uh, guy who was absolutely ripped apart last week. Uh, how about that? Hey, Jersey, my boy. What's up? So, listen, I'll, I'm going to cut to the chase here, bud. Last week, on episode one of the podcast, you were ripped apart, bud. And I thought it was important to give you a chance to respond to your critics. How do you feel about that? Well, everybody, uh, you know, every, everybody's got some some big words to say. Everybody is uh, entitled to to their opinions. You know, their opinions, most of them are wrong. But you know, hey, everybody's got to do their own thing. Um, you know, I don't let it bother me. I go about my day. I'm just swimming around in my bowl of milk, and uh, you know, uh, just just hanging out, waiting for draft day. Hey, you're an inspiration to us all. All right. I'm going to I'm going to go ahead and read you a few quotes because the fans want to hear your retaliation. All right. Here we go. Jark on episode one had the following to say about you and your strategy. Quote, I'm not worried about being outdrafted by the most sober kid at the table who took seven tight ends last year in the first two rounds. End quote. Sounds pretty harsh, huh? Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah, you know, I mean, first off, for starters, Jacob of all people should make sure make sure that you know statistically he he's correct when he when he's trying to state facts. And I, I, I drafted two tight ends, not seven. So I mean, that's you know a little bit of a, a little bit of difference there. This you know saying that I drafted five more tight ends than I actually did. So I mean, Jacob might want to go check his math. Um. And, uh, and, you know, Hey, so what if I'm sober? I have a good time. Uh, you know, I I don't need uh, anything else to have a good time. I got you guys, your company. And that's, uh, that's, that's all I need, uh, to, to kind of have a good time at the draft. And, uh, you know, I feel like whether, whether I'm sober or not, I mean, that also doesn't make any difference. Yeah. Cause you're high on life, you know, who needs drugs? Um, Moving over to a quote from the commissioner himself. Give you a chance to respond to this one, all right? Because this one, whew, this one's a little, uh, a little feisty. 
Cheerio definitely fucked himself over. He overreached and overbought on players last year. Trading away some top picks this year to win it all last year seemed foolish to me. And just the effort you put in, sometimes you got to think outside the box a little bit. What do you what do you say to that? Well, I mean, there's there's been a lot of effort put, put in on on my end. Um, you know, I think I, I've said it once before, but, you know, just because I'm uh, I'm not, you know, involved with a lot of the incessant arguing that goes on in the day to day of the SFFL group me doesn't mean I'm I'm not putting in the work trying trying to, you know, uh, you know, think out of the box to, to quote our uh, quote our commissioner and trying to, you know, get some deals done. I, I've probably been trying to wheel and deal for the better part of the last two to three weeks, uh, especially um, really trying to get things done prior to, to draft uh, draft day. And, uh, you know, I'm, I've, I've definitely done my homework, probably more homework uh, than people uh, people think I did. And, you know, what I kind of think that's a little bit to my advantage if people are going to sleep on me like that. Yeah, I, I hear you. I hear you. Now, now, what would you say to people who uh, criticize you for where your first pick is at? Because, you know, as we both know, you know, you traded away your first round pick. You've traded a couple times now around in the second round. Um, you know, I think you're sitting at 16 right now. Correct me if I'm wrong. But yep, um, yeah, at the at at the at the time of the first episode, um, John was quoted as saying, if you think Cheerio's not going to shit his pants this draft, you do not know where his first pick is. Well, I know where it is. It's 16. So I think I'm good there. Um, you know, happy I feel like, 16? Uh, you know, I'm content at 16. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm happy. I mean, you know, who, who wouldn't want to be higher than that? But I'm not, you know, I don't think that means I'm going to have a completely uh, trash team or I'm, I'm not going to be able to, to put something together. You know, I, I definitely went all in last year um, to try to, you know, I, I traded away my first round pick last year to try to, you know, get some players towards the end to hopefully make a run. Uh, you know, I made that run. I got to the final, albeit I lost to, to Drew in the finals. But, you know, I got there. It was just me and Andrew, nobody else. So, I mean, if people are going to try to knock me for, for going all in to win something, then I mean, I guess they can knock me. But I'd much rather, you know, A, make the playoffs and B, be in the final than, than not. Um so, you so, you know, I guess, again, I guess that's everybody's opinions. Everybody's got their opinions. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm again, I, I would be happier higher. But at, but at 16, I definitely think, uh, you know, I'll be able to, to make something of the draft. And uh, I feel like a lot of people are, you know, I know the keepers that we have kind of tra- change the overall, um, you know, structure of how the draft's going to be and how everybody's kind of playing in their team. But, I mean, let's, let's not forget the waivers. You know, I, I definitely did my uh, quite quite a bit of work on the waivers last year um, to try to make moves and during, during the season, and I, I feel like that's something that a lot of people are kind of forgetting and putting, you know, kind of in the on the back burner, and that definitely can make or break your teams throughout the season. For sure, for sure. Now let's uh, let's switch gears over to the draft weekend. All right, I asked the commissioner last week which female does he think uh, is going to have the worst time on draft weekend and his response was and i quote again cheerio's girlfriend she's gonna watch on saturday night as he creates one of the worst teams in sparta fantasy football league history and then she's gonna have to deal with a rowdy group of college kids pretty much for the rest of the night i see her coming out of the weekend maybe reconsidering her relationship with cheerio Woo! care to respond 
I mean, I feel like Johnny's got to get a job that keeps him busier so he just doesn't spend his whole day trash talking fantasy football. I mean, but, 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 uh, you know, being a fellow Paisan, I'm, I'm a little offended that John's going to openly, you know, talk about my, my, my girl like that. Cause I would never do that to him. I don't even, I won't even mention his, his, his girlfriend's name out of, uh, out of respect, but there's, there's no need to, to bring our, uh, our wives, our girlfriends into this. I, I don't know why he, uh, I don't know why he's got to call me out, uh, call call my girlfriend out like that. It's a, it's a little bit disrespectful. And, and, and again, you know, that's uh, a little bit against how us Italians run. So I don't know what John's thinking over there. You know, a wise paisan once said, a man who doesn't love his family is no man at all. That's right. That's right right there. Listen, uh, lastly, you know, there's been some rumors floating around. Um, that I'd like uh, you to address here on the record. Um, do you or do you not have any intentions of quitting the league after this season? Uh, definitely, uh, def- definitely thought about it. Got a got a lot of things uh, going on uh, in my life right now, so I, I, I've, I've tossed that around because the league, uh, without a doubt, deserves and needs. Uh, a lot of uh, a lot of attention leading up to the draft and obviously throughout the uh, season. Um, so you know, I, I I won't commit to something unless I'm I'm 100% in it. Uh, and right now, uh, you know, we'll, we'll have to we'll have to wait and see see how the season goes and see what the the future looks like uh, for me personally. Um, and I'm gonna, you know, we'll end up making a decision uh, at the uh, at the end of the season after the finals. But you know, it's up in the air right now. I'm I'm not really sure. All right, buddy. Hey, listen, um, I think I speak for the rest of the league when I tell you um, we'd love to see you stay in the league and uh, not not uh, not retire. Well, I, I appreciate that. Like I said, you know, we'll uh, kind of take a step back from everything once the, the season's over and, uh, and assess, uh, assess the situation and then see what the plan will be going forward. Uh, fair fair enough, there. buddy. Alrighty. Well, hey, you know, I appreciate you taking the time today. I'm glad I gave you a chance here to uh, address the critics, and uh, um, you know, may the best uh, may the best man win this weekend. Yeah, and I, I just I gotta say one more thing. Yeah. I I I think it's just a wild wild thing that I've got JMO over my shoulder, trying to convince me to tank. I mean. Talk about just the overall integrity of our of our league. I mean, we've got another owner trying to convince another owner. By the way, he's not never going to convince the tank. I mean, I I gotta call into question Jamo's integrity and uh, you know his, uh, his his standing within our league. Hold, hang on a sec. So, are you telling me that he's he's come to you directly and tried to manipulate you um, to try to get you to tank? Yeah, that'd be that would be 110% correct with with actual. I have I have proof. I've got screenshots. Your favorite thing in the world, B dog. I got screenshots. Oh my god, this you know this kind of thing it it just will not stand in the SFFL. Okay, I I will see to it that the commissioner and the board of directors hears about this immediately. I mean, it's the only thing I, I, I think that's fair. I, I feel like I'd be in a disservice to the, 
to the eight other owners in this league if, if I didn't even, uh, you know, uh, bring it up and mention it to everybody. You know what? And I'll go one step further for you, all right, buddy? This weekend, you and I, we're going to plan out an attack, an a, a fucking physical attack on James Lynn Crawford the seventh. You got that? I think the best possible attack would be to find wherever his dad's keeping that rug that was in the dining room, and we wrap him in it and throw him down a hill. Oh my! I like the way you think. You know that? I mean, that's that's just that's the first thing that jumped to mind. That would be the worst possible thing we could do to James. Let me tell you something about that rug, right? That rug that rug costs more than your house. I mean, I I bet. I, my house isn't expensive. Let me tell you another thing, right? Never, ever get in a room with James Crawford and Greg Allen, all right? Because you never know what's going to happen. Yeah, it seems like some weird, weird shit, man. Hey, listen, uh, we're going to we're gonna meet up ASAP Saturday morning um, to, uh, to talk about this attack. And um, other than that, um, you know, looking forward to the draft and uh, can't wait to see you on Saturday, buddy. Yeah, same same here, man. I'm very much looking forward to the, the weekend. It is much anticipated and uh, can't wait to hang out with all you boys and uh, I guess everybody else's ladies. Absolutely, buddy. All right. Take care. You have yourself a good evening, sir. You too, sir. Next up on the docket is the reigning SFFL champion himself, Drew Freiberg. All right, let's get started. So, sounds good. You ma- you made a trade yesterday, and uh, before I tell you that it's a bad trade, I'd like to give you a chance to explain yourself. Go ahead. Okay, so this league fundamentally does not understand what the keepers are going to do to this draft. Uh, I think you and John have a decent idea. Jacob gets it. Joe is wising up. James has no fucking clue. Cheerio's working on it. Uh, If you look at the ADP for where these receivers are going to go, I mean, it's no secret looking at my team that I'm keeping two RBs. I need wide receivers. I had picks it. 19 30 and 32 at least two of those had to be receivers when you look down at 30 32 range you had Diggs maybe available cooper cup maybe available but if either of those guys were gone five of the next six receivers are all being kept that's godwin woods cooks yeah people in that caliber so if I actually took my pick around 32 for a receiver, the next receiver was Alshon Jeffrey. So if I can guarantee getting that now for 32 instead of 30, I'm taking that all day. Uh, I'm excited for people to get to pick 20 in this draft and realize that, oh, I can't just have Mike Evans here because every ADP is pushed back. So I understand why it would look like a bad trade from the outside, but with the needs I had and what I saw happening, I stand by it. You know, you don't make terrible points. I'll give you that. I do uh, I do agree that, you know, looking at regular ADP for our specific league is useless almost because of how many people are kept. My only my only criticism really is that I don't believe that any 
really any piece on this Philly offense besides Wentz will be, you know, reliable on a week-to-week fantasy basis. I really do not. So two things you have to remember here. One, this isn't my wide receiver one. This is my wide receiver two. If it's a little inconsistent, I can live with that. But second, adding Deshaun Jackson this year is going to stretch the field, which Jeffrey signed issue in the past, which is getting too much coverage on him. So I think, I think that's going to help. Uh, having a full season of Wentz is going to help everyone. I think even if I can get you know mid to solid RB2 for him in that range with the way this draft is going to go, I'll take that all day and in. If he does well, I can then keep him again next year for like a sixth rounder or something like that or sell him off at the deadline. I I think there's more reasons to be optimistic than pessimistic on this one. Fair enough. Listen, uh, switching gears here, what's your response to the critics who accuse you of having some kind of shady deal with James to get all his best players and picks every year? I don't know what you guys do when you try and like trade with James. I normally reach out. How are you? toss out what I'm looking for, see what he's interested in, see if we can make something mutual work. Do you guys just text him, tell him to fuck himself, and then ask what he wants to give you? Because like I've never had an issue dealing with James trading. Here's here's my experience trading with James. He he in the instances that he actually reaches out to me, he'll just send me a trade proposal that's not based in reality. I'll explain to him that it's not based in reality, maybe offer him a counter proposal, and then he'll say, nope, and then that's it. Or, okay, so, so or having if, dealt, uh, continue. If I'm the one sending it to him, I'll send him a trade offer, explain him why it's, it's equal for both sides, and then he'll say no. And then the only way that I've ever been able to get a trade done with him is if I then threaten somebody else um you know is in trade talks with me basically like if you don't do this then i'll just go ahead and uh offer x y and z to cheerio and do that and that's the Mm -hmm. only way that then he goes oh actually okay and and that's my experience i get that i think fundamentally uh, and i'm gonna touch on this a couple times in some answers today i think i think this league trades badly not that they make bad trades but as in they get set on what exact trade they want and then send it to someone you'll know from experience trading with me i don't just send offers i'll send you hey i'm interested in this i'm thinking in this general range what do you think it's a conversation not an offer you know i think that's the way to reach owners like james who are maybe less inclined to trade maybe find out what they want and work to make a deal you don't want to win trade i mean obviously you don't want to lose trades but you shouldn't be going into trades trying to win trades or else they're just never going to happen and uh, i've never had an issue with james when i approached it that way yeah see what when you reach out to me and say what are you thinking you know i personally i just want you to give me an offer just tell me x y and z for x y and z and then i'll tell you you know and then we'll negotiate from there but that's just hey that's just me you know who knows yeah I don't know. I don't like starting with an offer. I feel like when if someone just sends me an offer, I'm thinking there, there's a reason they're offering this specific offer. It's not going to be a good deal for me. I prefer. And so can we, uh, can we get to the trade I made with Cheerio because this ties in? Um, sure. So I like to keep my trade channels open. I talk with everyone. I have conversations going. I have a general idea of what people want and don't want, what they have to offer. So then people go, oh, how does that trade with Cheerio even come about? And that's because I have these communications open. He knows I'm looking to move around. So then instead of just sending offers to people, 
blindly hoping something comes through, he we already have a dialogue going, which uh, helps with these trades. You know, it's all a conversation. That's fair. That's fair. So I think who who's your least favorite league mate to trade with? Honestly, it's pretty much anyone who just doesn't respond. Uh, Coley's getting better at responding. Jill will respond in season, but during the off season, she doesn't respond much. Pretty much, as long as you're talking back with me, I don't really care. I mean, I'm not going to accept a bad trade, so I don't mind trading with people who are inherently not going to give me a good trade. I just won't go through with the deals. But as long as you you know, text me back, tell me, nah, I'm not interested, I'm good with that. Fair enough. Yeah, I tried to trade with Coley about two weeks ago for in the length of an entire week. We went back and forth. And, yeah, it's, uh, it's tough. It was tough, but I'll tell you what. So so what I do find is uh, with the people who are going to respond, I open these dialogues. If I don't respect or if I don't expect to get an, uh, you know text back, then I'll send a hard offer because I know I'm only going to get so many messages back from them. So with people like Jill and Coley, I tend to all caps say, here's an offer. What's more important, drafting, trading, or waiver wire? So I touched on this in the group me today, but drafting can set you up for success, but you're not going to win with the draft. If you look at my championship, oh, did, did you know I won the championship last year, by the way? Uh, let me check my record. I don't, I don't, think, we, I don't think we mentioned that on the podcast, but if you look at my championship team, only two of my starters were on my team at the start of the season, and only three of my players overall on my team were on the start of my team at the beginning of the season. I won with waiver wire, trading. So I think people get attached to their team and think they're more valuable than they are, get attached to their draft picks, and they overestimate how good they will do with those draft picks. You can't be afraid to trade those. You look at my team last year. I had Ertz on my team, who I traded a fourth-round pick for. You had Michael Thomas, who I traded a second-round pick for. You have James Conner, who was on my bench, waivers. Damian Williams, waivers. Derrick Henry, waivers, who a player like James had and got rid of. Uh, CJ Anderson, waivers. You know, I think waivers is probably the most important, uh, but I don't think anyone who's bad at drafting is necessarily going to be good at the waivers. So it's kind of all connected. But if I was going to, you know, a lot, 100 points towards it, I would probably go like 30 drafting, 50 waivers, 20 trading. So this is exactly why I'm in favor of switching our waiver process from you know yeah. reverse rankings to to auction or the faa b because it's sure okay there's a learning curve and people will have to get used to it but once we're in it and we have everyone has a general idea of the value that we're talking about for like a you know a generic waiver wire pickup it makes it so much better so much better yeah i mean there's definitely things in this league that I would like to try that will maybe never happen just because it'd be too hard to implement like an auction draft or stuff like that. For as far as waivers go, I could see the argument for doing it with the, uh, the system you're suggesting, but I don't think we've really ever had an issue with the current system. I mean, I was one of the best teams last year and I still had no trouble getting gold off the waivers, uh, but I, I'd be interested I don't think we can do it for this year. I'd be interested to talk about it for next year. I don't know if it would even widen the skill gap that much because you guys all fucking suck at waivers anyways, and I'd still be getting all the players I wanted for free. But it could be worth trying. I agree. I think 
I don't think it will widen the seal gap any more than it's already been widened with the keepers. And furthermore, I, I really I cannot overstate how poorly this draft is going to go for people who think they can just waltz up and use ADP and get a good team. It's it's going to be bad. They're going to be it's going to be hysterical. People are going to be sitting in 25 with their little circle beer sheets saying who they should get. That player is going to go in the second round, first round, late maybe, and they're going to be confused and it's going to be funny. Yeah, and then they're going to panic, and then the last, like, you know, eight, nine rounds is going to be just the most ridiculous picks you've ever seen. So so I went through the ADPs. I crossed off people who were being kept, and if I went straight by ADP, do you know who I would have it pick, like, 45? Devontae uh, Freeman. Yeah. Can't have that. I actually think Devontae Freeman might go before 45, to be honest with you. Yeah, he, no, I, th- I, think he, I think he will. I mean, I was looking just at pick 30 and 32 because obviously I have an interest there. And the people that you're going to be getting around there, do you think you're just going to rock up and get a solid wide receiver at pick 30? I don't know. I think you're in trouble. I think a lot of people are in trouble. I think Jill's in trouble. I think Nick's in trouble. I think Coley's in trouble. Cheerio, I always say he's in trouble, but then somehow he pulls it out of his ass. James might hit just on pure number of picks that he has, but he's so set on those picks and not locking anything down. That I don't know, but yeah. Listen, buddy, you're, you're preaching to the choir. Why do you think I traded up to get three picks in the top 15? I mean, no, I know. I, I mean, my only my, saving grace here is my keepers. My strategy is, is top heavy big time. Oh yeah. Big fan of that like, this year. I'm like reverse Bill Belichick, man. He, he'll trade down in every in every round to get, you know, higher volume of uh, picks, but not in fantasy, baby. It's the yep, opposite. Agreed. Obviously, I'm not implementing that strategy this year, but that's because uh, my championship run last year took some picks, and I'm just doing everything I can to not have a down year. Although with everyone I try and trade with saying, oh, I can't trade that because this is my year, I'm thinking I might just tank this year and win next year easy. Rumors circulating around Cheerio with uh, retirement after the season. What are your thoughts on that? Uh, Personally, I don't buy it. I just don't see it. This is the one thing in this group that he kicks everyone's asses at for the most part. He's got a history of success. It would be a real Andrew Luck move pulling aside right now. I don't think he has any long-term injuries other than his impending breakup. I think he'll be back. I'm more worried about other owners. You know, that's a a good comparison right there that I'm kind of – frustrated that i didn't pick that one out myself cheerio could yeah. be the andrew luck of our uh sffl he could be yeah yeah except you know people had high hopes for andrew luck this year so it's a little different true well you never know with cheerio's seven tight ends that he drafts and he could turn those into four top 10 picks you never know that could be that could be a fun game comparing people in this league to qbs in the nfl Oh, yeah. Save dude, that I for could, another pod. I could do that all day. James, yeah, James, James, is James, James Winston. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> I think uh, I know those word. All right, and before we go, are we going to have another Eagles-Pats Super Bowl this year? Uh, um, you know, I'm pretty confident in the Eagles right now, unless Wentz goes down. I really like everything they're doing, and obviously betting against the Pats isn't a great idea. Honestly, the most concerning thing for me about the Pats is the center injury. That's that's tough. And I'm curious to see a full year without Gronk. 
Um, I think it's pretty likely, honestly. I could see uh, any combination of Eagles, Patriots, Chiefs. I don't even know who else from the NFC. Maybe the Saints, but I think the Eagles should be be uh, pretty close to lock in the NFC. Yeah, I look at the NFC and I uh, I see the Eagles pretty much at the top there. Maybe the Saints. Um, maybe I don't I don't think Green Bay will get there. I don't think LA will get there again. So, I don't yeah. I don't see the Rams getting there. I think Goff has been figured out. Yeah, I uh, I but I think it's a high I think it's a high likelihood. Would love to see it. Same, buddy. Well. We'll uh, we'll wait till February, and uh, until then, Sounds good. good luck in the draft, and uh, see you this weekend. Sounds good. See you soon. And that's a wrap for episode two. Everybody have a good time, safe time at the draft this weekend. Uh, best of luck. You're gonna need it.